Hey, welcome into Lads Podcast or Loud Americans Discussing Soccer. It is Wednesday, October 23rd, and I am joined by Critty Smith. Critty is the creator and founder of the Semper Inter Legends. He is also a contributor to the Semper Inter Podcast. Critty is a recurring guest. I love bringing Critty on because he's easily in our top three, if not number one, most intelligent guest we have on the show. He knows way more about <laughs> soccer football whatever you want to call it than me he knows a lot more about the bundesliga and i like bringing on guests because i feel like i know a good amount about premier league but i don't know shit all about the bundesliga so pretty <laughs> thank you so much for joining us all the way down in uh charleston correct um yeah charleston south carolina did i get everything is that anything else you'd like to plug in no uh, yeah, you got the uh, the uh, Interlegend series on Semper Inter and Studio Inter podcast, which uh, we just recorded yesterday. Uh, you can find that on iTunes, of course. We were previewing the uh, Borussia Dortmund and Inter Milan Champions League match for tomorrow, or, or actually Wednesday for today. Oh, wow. Well, I, I feel like you're going to be a little heated. My last guest, uh, Rui uh, Pereira, he's part of the Red Card Report, and he's a massive AC Milan fan. So I went from mm. one side to the other, two ends of the spectrum. So I'm very sorry that I might be offending one of you two. I don't really <laughs> give a shit, but like that's fine. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, we have a lot to talk about. We had a lot of crazy yes. matches uh, this weekend in the Premier League. And you're the one who hit me up. You're like, yo, bring me on. Let's talk some Liverpool United. <laughs> Let's do it, yeah. You're, you're a massive Liverpool fan, massive yes. Dortmund fan, uh, Inter fan. Um, do you have an MLS team by any chance? Just curious. Yeah, so so I kind of, um, I, I have like divided loyalties there. I visited Portland, Oregon a couple of years ago, picked up a Timber shirt and the fans there were just so, they offered me free tickets. And I'm like, wow, I've never... They're just so passionate about football. And I'm like, you know, the Timbers, um, they just have such an organic feel to them. So I kind of took on to them. And also, I try to stick with the South. So I, I, I went with the Orlando City team when they were founded back in 2015 and kind of kept my eye on them. They have not yet made the playoffs. Uh, they've come close a couple of times. But as Portland, uh, you know, has won the MLS Cup before, and they were in the playoffs again this year. So I, I do kind of root for those two. I have kind of an East and West Coast team. Mm, okay, well, as someone who dated someone from Florida, I fucking hate Orlando, so that's fine. <laughs> um, it's no, it's, it's you know, Critty. No offense to you, just the state yeah, of Florida. No, no, we just, no, it's, uh, my fair ginger skin in Florida do not get along <laughs> whatsoever. So yeah, it's um, a very sunny state. <laughs> yes, it's it's bullshit. Is what it is. Anyway, uh, yeah. um, let's get to it. Liverpool United. Yeah. Um, my big takeaway is that United fans are running around cheering that they were able to draw the best team in the Premier League, or by the table anyway, the best team in the Premier League right now. Um, but they're still sitting in 14th. You know place just two points off the relegation zone so i don't think there's a lot to be like running around crazy i mean it's good you survived uh liverpool Mm -hmm. um and i feel like liverpool are kicking themselves now because they're now only five points ahead of man city is that correct six Six points yeah i can do math trust me i can do math um what are your big takeaways from this match uh who's the big winner here is it man U? is it liverpool or is it var what what was your big takeaways from this match so my take First of all, number one takeaway, Manchester United has nothing to be excited about. Literally nothing. This was Liverpool's worst performance of the season and could be argued was Manchester United's best. And they only managed a draw at Old Trafford. So let, let me let me let me reiterate that this United squad is the worst United squad 
in the Premier League era, bar none. And that comes down to not necessarily individual talent, but uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is way over his head. This was, you know, you, 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 let's, we'll talk about bar later, but easily, easily, I've heard a number of pundits talk about that goal being disallowed, uh, should have been disallowed. Jurgen Klopp had every right. Liverpool technically should have won one nil, but hey, you know, it's it is what it is. It's it's one one. Uh, Liverpool equalized. United had. There's nothing tactically genius about putting five in the back. Okay, that's you're 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 basically telling Liverpool come at us, and this is a Liverpool side that was missing Mo Salah. Uh, Origi was very underwhelming. Uh, balls bouncing off Mane that normally wouldn't. Uh, just th- there was no fluidity in the Liverpool side, and yet they were still able through Adam Lallana in the 85th minute, nonetheless. Of all people. To, of, of all, all people. Of all people. You know, when, when he came on, I actually shouted at my wife. I'm like, why are they bringing this bum on? I mean, I literally was like, why, you're conceding at this point if you're bringing Lallana on and go ahead and look who, look, lo and behold, he's the one that, that equalizes. This, United has nothing to be proud of in this match. They, they should have, they should have, if, if, you know, if you want to, you're just going to sit at the back. This is Manchester United, the great Manchester United, big club, uh, most successful club financially in the world, yada, yada, yada. And you're standing with 10 guys in the box against Liverpool, scared to death, scared to death to give up uh, a goal in the final five minutes that would ultimately see you with zero points. I mean, there, there, was, no, there, was, no, there was no courage in that. When, when, when they scored the goal in the 36th minute, uh, yeah, it was a beautiful cross from James to Rashford, but should have been disallowed. That, that there was an obvious foul on Origi. Um, you know, so we can, but we we can argue that one. But there's just Solskjaer. He, you know, it's it's an uplifting moment for him because he drew the you know top of the table in in, in the uh, the Premier League one uh, one. Uh, but that was a home game. Uh, Klopp has notoriously been very poor at Old Trafford. I believe his record there is uh, zero wins, four draws, and one loss. Liverpool have amassed only four goals in those five games. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's to say that United, this is not going to help them in the long run. They could come right back next week and lose to somebody else. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I truly believe that in order for them to, to have any kind of momentum, they would have needed to have won that game. And then maybe you can, you, can, you can do something with that. This is the turning point for them. But I put a poll out on Twitter uh, two months ago, and I, 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 I said, you know, will, will Solskjaer be fired uh, before uh, uh, Halloween or something like that, or before Christmas, or um, make it to the end of the season. And, you know, I think a large consensus was that he'd be fired, he'd be sacked before Christmas. Tell me, Kevin, how that's... They're 14th in the table. They're two points off the drop zone. Manchester United is two points off the drop zone. They fell another place uh, yesterday because Sheffield United beat Arsenal, so they went from 13 to 14, so they gained nothing by drawing Liverpool. So what are your thoughts on, on United? They're no better going out of that match than they were coming into it. Um, make sure you call Maximilian Allegri every goddamn day (laughs) (laughs) till he says, okay. Um, I think they just went in with, you know, the make people happy kind of manager after Josie Mourinho, like club legend, like whatever it was, you know, to smooth things out. And the guy got kind of lucky in a string of games. But since the PSG win, which was an absolute fluke, we cannot deny that second leg was just PSG doing PSG things. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's not been great. We can both agree on that, Gritty. I mean, absolutely. I think um, I think I saw the stat today that in a combination of Arsenal and United, they have the same amount of points as Liverpool. That's staggering. That's right. absolutely staggering. Um, I totally agree with you. I still think he's out by Christmas. Um, who knows who if like Michael Carrick will step up and be the instrument until the end of the year, or if they can somehow land Maximilian Allegri. But with this current squad, this is like you said, easily the worst squad I have seen United have, and I've seen them have Fellaini on the field. So this is nothing, yeah. to, you know. Ouch! Ouch! That was rough. That was a real burn. And um, as someone who has seen a lot of bad Arsenal players, let me tell you, that was that was, it's bad out there. So, no, I totally agree with you. Um, but I do want to say this fact, uh, which is kind of insane. I want to get your thoughts on this. When winning at halftime at Old Trafford, Manchester United in 282 games has 265 wins, 17 draws and zero defeats. That's that's kind of ridiculous. We have to agree, though, right? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that, but I would also argue that for if you know for the majority of those 200 plus matches where they were up at the half, they had a world class team with a world class manager, and they were playing world class football. Uh, this particular time, uh, when obviously they didn't win, but they were drawn, there's they played gutless football, Kevin. They 32 percent, 32 percent possession. Seven shots, two of them on goal. Most of their offense came in the first half. They they made Liverpool uncomfortable. I'm going to give them credit where credit's due. They made Liverpool uncomfortable. They made them play a style of football that was sloppy. Uh, like I said before, had no fluidity in it. The 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 um, uh, obviously the, the the you know Solskjaer likes to counter counterattack. That's the one tactic he has. Um, you know, and, and they caught they caught Liverpool in the break after the. Um, the, the, the foul on Origi that wasn't called. And I think that for a second kind of made Liverpool pause. If you look at like Henderson, I think there was a couple of players that were like, oh, wait, it's going to be held up. And then they kind of were caught with their pants down. But um, regardless, they, they, they never – can you imagine, just imagine that a, a, um, a Sir Alex Ferguson side would take joy in drawing Liverpool at home? Like this is, this is our biggest accomplishment of the season is to get a draw against the Reds. I mean that—that's how far this club has fallen. It's really, really bad at, at uh, Old Trafford right now. Well, all right, I'm gonna do a little devil's advocate here, but like, go back to the days of like, you know, Jose Mourinho, who would put ten people behind when he's one goal up. People were saying he's a tactical genius, or maybe even Ali knows like his squad is nowhere near as talented as Jurgen Klopp's at Liverpool. So, like, can we give Ali a little credit in that aspect where he's like, all right, I know my squad is not good enough. We're going to have to do this gutless performance, but we're going to get a result or a point out of this, right? Is there something there, or am I just talking out of my ass? So, United have been dealing with some injuries this season. Uh, there's no denying that. But I saw somebody tweet today, and they had to be a United fan, about the, the, uh, the top six teams in England, amongst, uh, obviously, which Arsenal is one of them. Uh, they were naming world-class players off of the top six teams and they counted five off of Manchester United three off of Liverpool two off of Arsenal Leicester has zero five world-class players on United five really Juan Bissaka is world-class I wouldn't I I, I, I would love to know in what universe Juan Bissaka is is world-class there was uh, Anthony Martial world-class really Uh, okay he's he's okay He's okay. He's an okay striker. Yeah, sure. But the, the thing is, um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think Ole had to kind of go into this match with that mindset of, you know, if we go up 1-0, which they were fortunate enough to do, that they they would try, you know, it's hard, to, even without Mo Salah, it's really hard to keep Liverpool out of the net for 90 minutes. I mean, you had to know that at some point they were going to break through. I, I think 1-0 mm-hmm. is not a safe enough amount. You have to go for the two. You have to go for the kill. It, that that's is, Sir Alex Ferguson would have gone for the kill. Uh, Jose Mourinho, you're probably right. He would have probably done the Italian thing, where he he notorious at Inter Milan for uh, getting a one 0 lead and then squashing you out the final sixty minutes. That's just 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 what he did. Let me reiterate though that this Manchester United side is not the 2010 Inter Milan Champions League winning side with that fantastic back line. Um, no, no, I'm not. I'm not comparing. No, I am not, Grady. I know I just made. <laughs> I made you cringe. I made you probably just want to no, like no, no, throw. No, I know you weren't comparing them, but it's it's it, Mourinho. Mourinho is an old dog that's not going to change. You're not going to teach him any new tricks. He's going to do the same thing with United as manager that he did with Inter ten years ago. So that's that's kind of where I was going with that. But Ole has to, you know, he has to have in the back of his mind that Liverpool have a fully loaded gun and they're going to keep coming and shooting and shooting and shooting until, you know, extra time until the final whistle. And of course, in the 85th minute, you know, there, there comes the equalizer. And I don't know if you, I, I'm sure you're watching the match, you know, NBC Sports did a great job of, of, of showing his face. He looked to- totally dejected. It's uh, scare knew. He's like, damn, I mean, the best now I'm going to draw. Hopefully I don't concede the, uh, the, the, the go behind goal. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's, uh, it, he was, he was praying for a, a, a one nil victory against a team that can score four on you and a half. And I just think that that is for, for the size of that club and their aspirations and what, what they have been for the past 25 years, it's, it, it just shows you how fall United have fall, how far they have fallen when that is their mindset is that, you know, uh, a draw for Liverpool is a win for United. A draw against Liverpool is a win for us. That that's that's ooh, that's that's rough. That's got to be rough as a as a United supporter. Sheesh. Uh, yeah, I mean they've been in some you know disarray for a while as fans, and uh, it's fine. Like as an Arsenal fan, I totally feel great being in the same boat together. We're both you know uh, sinking, but it's fine. I think Arsenal it's- Arsenal's uh, that. Thing is that Arsenal though has a little bit more direction than United. United has uh, Woodward, who is his title is like president of football operations. That he refuses to hire a sporting director, and I know that a lot of United fans have wanted them to hire a sporting director, but he loves the uh, he loves the job too much. He doesn't want to give up the power because he likes traveling to these cities and he likes looking at this talent. And he's the one that's making the decisions. But he's been saying for uh, for for quite some time now that he was wanting to hire a sporting director. And I think United, uh, the United fan base wants that. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's so much, it, it's, not, it's not necessarily the players on the pitch. They have a lot of talent on that club, but it's, it's the, the, the governing body of Manchester United. It's, it's the, the managerial uh, uh, staff that they've put into place, you know, after Mourinho uh, the, this, yeah, they had that little streak and they, they hired, they, what is it called? An impulse buy? They, they had mm-hmm. an impulse buy on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And, and it's like, since that, what was it, nine game win streak or whatever, they've like done absolutely nothing. They've mm-hmm. done absolutely nothing. And I think they, like I said, it, it, the, the table position and the points of mass say it all. I mean, you know, I, I do believe that Arsenal, are you comparing the two, I, I think Arsenal is, has a better future as it currently stands than United. 
Yeah, their shit smells not as bad. Um, I, <laughs> also, real quick, I just want to say a uh, quick shout out to Mourinho. We've brought him up a few times. Him kissing out to the fans, like blowing kisses to the United fans. Did you see that? <laughs> uh, yes, I did. That's, cl- uh, that's classic, classic Josie right there. Yeah, he's um, he he's always going to be a uh, he's. He's going to have that moment, and he's going to try and piss people off, and he does it very well. <laughs> yeah, he always tries and take the moment away from whatever it might be. And you know what? I think he might like United more than Chelsea. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, he turned down a job recently from uh, Olympique Lyon. I, I thought that would actually be a really good position for him because oh wow, you know they're uh, six time. They were six times in a row uh, champions of Ligue 1, and uh, Lyon uh, obviously. Oftentimes they're in the Champions League and um, they've kind of, hey, you know, when uh, Ferguson came to United, he said, I'm going to knock Liverpool off their perch. And he did that successfully. Well, PSG has knocked Lyon off their perch. And I thought that would be, you know, Mourinho's a little bit damaged goods right now. He's got to rebuild his reputation just a little bit after the Chelsea and United sackings. And I thought that would be a really good spot for him. But he, he apparently turned them down. Yeah, I don't know. He's just such a fucker. I love him. Like I like post I love post Mourinho so much more than the one that used to terrorize my Arsenal. But Critty, before we get to Arsenal, I have to do yeah. a quick I have to do a quick ad read, so bear with me. This show is brought to you by my bookie. Basketball, football, baseball, hockey, and soccer are all back, baby. October October is the only month of the year where you get all the major sports going on at the same time. What better to get into the game than heading over to mybookie.ag? We have teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME, and they will match your first deposit. You put in 1000 bucks, they'll give you 1000 bucks back. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Critty. <clears throat> we are going to talk some Arsenal. Yes. Um, they lost and I'm a little, (laughs) I'm a bit pissed. I'm a little bit pissed off. Um, you're telling me I should be more positive before this match. Uh, we were just sitting one point behind man city, uh, in third place. I think we've dropped down to six. I don't have the table in front of me right now, but we dropped down quite a bit. Uh, I think you guys are in fifth actually. Fifth. Okay. I think you guys Um, are in fifth. Yeah. That was one of the most gutless performances. I don't know. I I think Patrice ever put it great after the match. We're just a bunch of babies. I don't think the problem was Arsene Wenger. I think it's the players, his mentality. The Granit Xhaka experiment's over. Can we stop captaining him? That's dumb. Like, we have Torreira, who's this amazing Uruguayan. Like, put him in. Like, why is Unai Emery being so conservative, so soft? He's just a soft manager, man. And I get it. We're heading in the right direction. But please... Talk me off this cliff because I'm so I'm tired of this soft ass arsenal. So what what what, what do I got to do? Um, I, I want to talk you off the cliff, uh, and I could have talked you off the cliff before this match, and I'm trying to figure out a way to do it afterwards. You can't. But you you said this before we started talking. It's Arsenal doing Arsenal things, and you know here you are early in the season. You're flirting with the top two for like a hot minute, and then top three and now top four and now we're slipping back into the Europa League places. Um, this is this 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 uh, Sheffield team 31% possession. Uh, they had two shots on goal. Arsenal though for their 69% possession had nine shots and three on goal. You had I mean you had three times that more than actually well 30, yeah you had uh, twice over twice the possession 
and you had one more shot on goal. And it, it just and this I still think, Kevin, and you correct me if you disagree. Do you not think that the best front three is Pepe uh, at, at, at center and then Lacazette and Aubameyang on the two flanks beside him? I think that could be fun. Could be fun, Critty. But, you know, this Unai side, which doesn't want to start all these key players at once, is bothersome. And getting back to Pepe, that did you see that whiff? That absolute whiff? When is this yeah, guy going uh, to I mean, score? Yeah, yeah I, 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 I can't defend him on that. But at the same time, I guess that can happen to anyone. But it, it unfortunately happened to the, the Gunners on, on that particular day. So, I mean, you know, it's... I, I kind of I feel for Arsenal because, you know, they're... They are a side that are very, again, a very talented side. A lot of big names on this club. Uh, he went with this four-two-three-one, and I, you know, this this reminds me of a, this is a very uh, a Dortmund type thing where they would put Aubameyang out front by himself. And I don't know. I've I've always I, I've always had this thing when they got Aubameyang and had him join Lacazette. I, you know, he didn't have a striker partner like that at Dortmund, but he does at Arsenal. And it's like Emery just does not want to play a four-four-two or any kind of variation of a two, uh, uh, two central strikers or two 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 uh, forwards in his in his attack. He just he wants to put one or the other out there and you know sub one in or or what you know take one or or give them one the day off. And Pep is out on uh, what was he? He was on the right. He was the right wing that day. Um, I the, his his tactics. Just I, I don't understand. He was so I thought he was so good at Sevilla, and I thought this was a perfect job for him uh, in terms of rejuvenating a, a side that is just uh, beaming with history uh, in the Premier League. Of course, Arsenal, um, all, all the consecutive Champions League berths, and uh, you know replacing a legend, Arsene Wenger. But it just it just hasn't clicked yet. When you say, I mean, there's something something missing, right? Mm-hmm. there's just this edge you know what i mean there's no grit to this team i feel like as soon as we go away we turn into you know just another generic team we're not the arsenal anymore you know like i feel like teams look at us when we go away and they're like yeah we can have a go with them where before like like a team like liverpool or man city when they go away it's like oh we're gonna have a fucking day boys you know what i mean but with arsenal I, there's just no fear People shouldn't be afraid of this team because when they go away, they just try not to win, but not they try not to lose. And that is so bothersome as a fan where you go out and you're like, they should be out there scoring three goals a game with this attack, knowing that you'll probably give up two with David Luiz in the back. But I mean, we have Tierney, Hector, all these players coming back and like are fit. Like we have tons of players that are fit. Why are we not starting them? You know, I see a lot of Bundesliga players on this roster. Okay. Um, you know, I, I a lot like of Dortmund. When I say, you're 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 for your Dortmund yeah. players. Well, yeah, and Schalke, Schalke. But I'm I'll, let me go through them here one by one because uh, I, I was going to say, if you look <laughs> at Liverpool's former Bundesliga players, you know you have Naby Keita who's still trying to make his way, but uh, obviously was on a hot streak before he got injured. You have um, uh, um, shoot um, the center back. I can't think of his name right now. Um, Socrates. No, 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 no. For uh, next to Van Dyke, I'm drawing a complete blank for some reason right now. He just oh. signed his. He just signed an extension. Matip. Uh, Matip. Yeah, Joel Matip. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, uh, gotcha, Joel Matip, gotcha. who he was signed on a free from Schalke. Uh, the man has become an absolute beast in central defense. Uh, you know, and there, there's there's obviously a couple others. Roberto Firmino from Hoffenheim. 
has become uh, obviously arguably a world class striker, uh, a, a kind of a, a false nine, if you will. He's he he performs that role brilliantly. And then you have Arsenal, who also gets a lot of Bundesliga players. Let's go through them. You know, Bernd Leno came from Leverkusen. Um, they let him go with pretty much little objection. Uh, I, I think he he was he was considered uh, mid mid tier Bundesliga. Keeper, not really high in the lead. He was nowhere near the Manuel Neuers. He was more around like um, Ralph Fairman from Schalke, if, if you know who I'm talking about. He was mm. kind of at that level. He was like uh, the B tier. He was not, uh, you know, up, uh, he was kind of like somewhere around where Roman Birke is from Dortmund, uh, just, but not Manuel Neuer. You know, definitely not like, a, not that he plays in the he's Bundesliga, like the but... Fit- He's the fifth string German goalkeeper. So that's right. Why. He's not just Dagen. He's he's you know, he's he's like Kevin Trapp. That's that's where he's that's where he's at. Um Socrates, I I, I saw I saw a steep decline in him when he was at BBB. And the fact that Arsenal were going to purchase him, I thought was amazing for the amount they did, even better. Um you know, I know he's had some good matches for Arsenal, but his pace, his his instincts were already starting to. Yeah, he gives away a lot of dumb fouls right outside the box. Yes, that bothers yes. me. Where I'm like, dude, like you, you didn't have to do that foul right there, and then next thing you know, it leads to a goal. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you got Kolasinac, who came from Schalke. Um, you guys paid a little bit of a penny for him. Um, I, I think did he come? On? No, maybe not. I, I don't remember the actual transaction. I know you guys. Can you guys get someone on a free from Schalke? Maybe that. Maybe I'm thinking of actual Matip. I don't. I don't uh, know. Well, we got somebody. Lichtensteiner on free. I'm pretty sure, and then he immediately left. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He, yeah, he came in on free. But but then you have obviously Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. You know, I, his goal production. I don't have anything against that. He won the Golden Boot in the Bundesliga 2016-17. Beat out Robert Lewandowski. 31 goals. Um, you know, he's he's doing really well for Arsenal in terms of actual scoring production. So I can't really argue much there, but. He, you know, in these kind of matches, though, Kevin, against the Sheffield United, this is where he should dominate. And you're not seeing it. You know, this, there's, there's no excuse for Arsenal to come out with zero goals over 90 minutes against Sheffield United. You know, and no disrespect to Sheffield United, but they are a uh, promotion side. And this is, a de- this is a team that obviously Arsenal should, should absolutely destroy. And then let's get to, it seems like, this guy, and he's not in the Bundesliga, but I have to ask you about him because the most curious signing of the offseason has to be David Luiz, right? Don't even get me started. I don't, okay. <laughs> I, I like the guy giveth, the guy taketh. I don't understand this signing whatsoever. It was such a last minute, just like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just desperation by, I feel like, and it did not make any sense whatsoever to me for a guy who's definitely past his prime and I feel like there's someone within Arsenal who's still working for Chelsea just trying to poison us with these players who are nowhere near as what they used to be and David Luiz I mean I felt as though he would work well in Unai Emery's system being able to push the ball forward and kind of come forward into the midfield but defensively the guy is just not good Gritty he's not good Right, and, and I, I agree with all those key points. Last guy from the Bundesliga I want to talk about, though, who came from Gladbach, and he's your he's 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 been wearing in in, in the recent or most dis, recent uh, past the captain's armband, which is none other than our Swiss friend Granit Xhaka. So let's talk about him for a second. Uh, air your grievances. Go ahead. 
I the guy is not a captain for Arsenal. First off, he is not worthy of the armband. Second, I, the guy is just I'm, I don't want to say dumb, but he's just irrational with his tackles and the way he <laughs> possesses the ball. Like I'm not going to call someone dumb, but maybe like the guy's dumb. Like he does not understand <laughs> what it means to go after the ball. And like again, like he'll once in a while do a great long ball or like shoot the ball pretty far and like, huh? Maybe, maybe. But like that's like one every twenty games, and you're like, oh yeah, I can't believe he still got that. I just, I don't think he he comes off. He's like a fake tough guy. That's the best way I can put him. He's a fake tough guy, and I'm just I'm just very much sick of him. He's and like he tries to play forward, and then he leaves these huge gaps in the midfield, and we just our midfield just gets bodied when he's in there. So the next five games, Kevin, for Arsenal, okay. This is uh, so. Let's so the next one is the Europa League against Guimaraes. I don't know how to pronounce this. It's it's the Europa League, so it could be in the Ukraine. It could be in Mongolia. I mean, who knows where the hell this thing this this team is? Uh, and uh, sorry, I uh, you know I my, my my football knowledge only goes so far. I do not know who Guimaraes is. I don't even know if they're in FIFA 20. They may be. They may not be. Anyways, then it goes. Goes to Crystal Palace in the league, fourth round of the Carabao Cup against Liverpool. So you know Klopp's going to have a really weak side. So you guys have an excellent shot of winning that match and advancing. Then it goes back to the Premier League, which is Arsenal versus Wolves. Uh, then it's Guimaraes again, and then lastly it's against a direct uh, opponent for the top six, Leicester. So not an easy stretch of games. Um, in terms of the league, because Crystal Palace can sneak up on you. Um, Wolves, obviously, just got done beating Manchester City a few weeks ago. We know that. And then Leicester. So what are your, what are your, what do you look at the next three league matches? What are you looking to get out of those? I'm hoping W's pretty, but I don't know. <laughs> like, um, how many of them? Hey, all of them? Um, Shoot, let's see. Um, was this this one? This last one I'm, was it I'm home not... against Sheffield, or this was away against Sheffield, right? Away against Sheffield, yes. Yeah, away against Sheffield. So you guys are at home no, against no, Palace. Like... You are uh, away to away to. Uh, excuse me. You're you're uh, at home to Wolves. You are away to Leicester. Yeah, we're gonna lose. You're at home to Palace. No. Uh, we'll win against these are missions because and I'm at with this team where like, we're going to play some fantastic football at home fun but why watch the away matches because I know the same team that plays at home is not going to show up when we play away and that's where I'm at right now so it's very much uh, it's it's a situation two cities yeah, it's Jekyll and Hyde, right? Gotcha. gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of uh, after that. It's Southampton, Frankfurt, and um, yeah, I mean, does it, it 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 lightens up a little bit with Norwich, Brighton, West Ham, but uh, I, I feel like these like these this next these next three games, especially in the league, are pretty pivotal for Arsenal's season as they go towards head towards the holidays. Um, I, if we I, I want think a top I, four spot, we need to win these matches. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
because because Lester uh, probably unexpectedly is a direct. Um, they're, they're trying to take your spot in the top four. That, that's uh, that, that, that's that's you know one of their goals is to get get back in the Champions League for the first time since winning the league back in 2015-16. Uh, um, so you know it would it would it would really behoove Arsenal to be to beat them because that that's going to be uh, a pretty pop probably a very well built up match you know uh on premier league saturday um arsenal leicester is is probably the, the the biggest of those three so that's that's almost a six pointer kevin that's almost a six pointer mm. all right i'm you know I, I think i'm done talking about arsenal so <laughs> i i want to move on to bundesliga thank you for kind of walking me off a cliff i still don't feel great about this team but before we get into Bundesliga talk, which I know a lot of people are here, we got another ad. This show is also also brought to you by Vivid Seats. Next Sunday, it's the can't-miss game of the year. Obviously, it's the Browns versus the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. Make sure you have your seats for the game with Vivid Seats. It is the best place to get your tickets for events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in this section and row of your choice all in the app. The Vivid Seats app, it's it's the best. i on it every day trying to get concert tickets. It's awesome. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seat Rewards. Whoa. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards lo- loyalty program. Wow. That was a mouthful. <gasps> Every purchase Ooh. is backed. Yeah, thank you, Critty. You're downloading it right now. I know. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theaters, shows, and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download this goddamn app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it time when it is time to buy, new users enter promo code Overtime at checkout to receive a discount up to a hundred dollars fucking benjamins people use code over time that's what i'm talking about vivid seats baby all right critty Whew, sorry i just had like an aneurysm now <laughs> let's talk about the bundesliga so what's happening yes. what's going on in germany is it, is it fun what's happening it is a lot of fun this season kevin let me before i start let me ask you a quick trivia question what does VfL wolfsburg have in common with Liverpool and Juventus? What? They are one of the only, they are they are one of only three teams in the top five leagues in Europe to not have had a defeat yet in the league. Really? Well, I knew yes. Juventus. But that's wild. Wow, that's great. I didn't know there's another. That's awesome. Juventus, Liverpool, and Fowler Wolfsburg, who currently sit top of the table with Mönchengladbach, they are second on goal differential, but that's the only reason they're second. They have four wins, four draws, and zero defeats. 16 points with Gladbach at the top of the table. Um, this, this table, Kevin, from one through nine, are separated by two points. One through nine. Really? Yes. Wow. Well, th- why am I watching is, the Premier League then? This is stupid. <laughs> this, uh, this, is, this, is, this is the closest uh, title race that I can remember in a long, long time. Uh, Bayern, this is, this is the weakest Bayern side that we've seen in probably since... I'd have to go back to probably Louis van Gaal's time there. Uh, so before you find his... Uh, so you have to go back to, into the last decade uh, just to find a Bayern side that was probably... This week, uh, in terms of, of of points, let me let me say that the on on pitch product is still very good. They have Philip Coutinho, who they just got. Obviously, 
Uh, big blow for them in their central defense, Niklas Sule, who is a German national team center back. Uh, he is out with a torn ACL. So he will be joining Clay Thompson uh, on the sidelines uh, for the remainder probably of this season. And uh, he can watch a lot of Golden State Warriors games with Clay uh, from the sideline. Uh, that's, so that's fun. Hurt. That's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's going to hurt them in central defense. Um, you know, they did, they did sell uh, Mats Hummels back to Borussia Dortmund, so he would have provided a little bit more depth for them. So now they're down to, like, you know, Jerome Boateng and, and, and such like that. But let's study. I said there was two points between one and nine, but let's study who actually are the contenders and who are the pretenders. Uh, starting at nine, and on all these teams, mind you, uh, so 14 points gets you sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth place. 15, 15 points gets you third, fourth, and fifth. And 16 points gets you top of the table. So of the teams that are currently sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, the only real contenders in there, and I can't believe I'm saying this as a Borussia Dortmund fan, but Schalke actually look like they've gotten their shit together this year. Um, really? They, they're yeah, they're, they, they, they're, their attack is a little bit better. Their defense is still uh, really good. So far, they've allowed uh, nine goals this season. Three of those, though, came in the Bayern match. So, you know, over the other seven matches, they've only conceded uh, uh, six times. So, so their defense is pretty good. You know, anybody can – Bayern at full strength, they can, they, they can, they can put it to you. So that's, that, that's one thing. The other one is Bayern Leverkusen. Um, they have this kid. I know you've heard of him, Kai Havertz. Uh, he is oh, a beast, huge, huge target for the Premier League. Uh, actually, pretty much any big league in Europe wants him. Uh, but he is a, he's one of those German wonder kids, and uh, he's on the he's on this Bayer Leverkusen side. That unfortunately they haven't gotten any traction yet in the Champions League because that's probably why he stayed a year longer is because they did qualify for the Champions League, and he was going to be able to. To, to showcase his talents. Uh, unfortunately, they've, they've, uh, they've not done so well. They're, they're, they're 0-2 so far in that competition. But in terms of domestic success, they, they, they do have an outside shot here. Frankfurt, and I'm going to tell you, sixth place is SC Freiburg. SC Freiburg, who normally is in the relegation who? zone. Yeah, I don't exactly. even know what this is. Exactly, SC Freiburg. Um, they have a long-standing history of being sort of a... Um, if you were to group the Bundesliga into A, B, C, and D, with D being relegation candidates, uh, Freiburg is always a C or C minus. So they're just um, they're kind of like a uh, a Southampton or a Burnley. Uh, you know, they occasionally they get to the seventh or sixth, but they're normally finding themselves between ten and fifteen. They're okay. in uh, they're two points off the top of the table right now, uh, which is just unheard of. Um, the real contenders start at, at five. So out of those four, I told you Schalke and Bayern Leverkusen. Um, at 15 points, which is third place Bayern, fourth place Dortmund, and fifth place RB Leipzig. All three of those teams are contenders, although the weakest of those three is Dortmund because Dortmund has a lot of, they have a lot of problems right now with their leadership. Uh, there's a, a strong contingency of Dortmund fans that are not satisfied with Lucien Favre. Uh, they don't believe that he is uh, having this team perform to the best of their abilities. Tactically, what he wants to do really doesn't fit with the personnel that he has on the pitch. Uh, it, it's he plays a more balanced attack when they when Dortmund is known for high octane offense. Uh, uh, it, you know they they catch you on the break, very good counter pressing. You know, and of course Jurgen Klopp <coughs> was famous for bringing the gig 
interesting to the Bundesliga and kind of introducing it. And, and Dortmund is slowly but surely under Favre gone away from that. And they sometimes even lose the possession battle now where usually, you know, typically you'd see Dortmund win the possession battle uh, 60-40, 65-35. You can see them win now uh, 3-1, 3-2, but have 45%, 40% possession. Um, so it's a different Dortmund. A lot of the fans, though, uh, one thing they're particularly upset about is that a 1-0 lead for Dortmund almost guarantees that they'll be equalized and, and likely will be uh, defeated. Uh, they, they, they play very poor football with a 1-0 lead. They were able to hold on last week against Gladbach at home, but their away form, not that great. They're, uh, they're, they're I believe, a little bit mentally fragile. Uh, this team, this, the, the, they're lacking that um, that killer instinct. You know, you, you got to go out there and, and, and really grab grab the brass ring. And Dortmund struggles in that department. They They seem to lack confidence, and they seem to lack the necessary components that a championship team you know is capable of and that's why i i don't rule them out of the championship kevin but i have to say that of of the third the teams with 15 points right now leipzig are a very exciting team to watch they have timo vienna i know you've seen him at the world cup i know you've seen him uh during the world cup qualifying stages for the german national team he is a hell of a striker for RB Leipzig, I know Jurgen Klopp has his eye on him at uh, Liverpool, as do many other managers. The kid is um, uh, he, he's, he's a bad a man. Yeah, he's bad, a bad man. man. He's got extremely, extremely great pace for a center forward. Uh, guy can just run like a gazelle. Um, and obviously, there's the old friend Bayern. And I believe we had this conversation around this time last year. You and I did uh, on this very same great show of yours. And I told you Thank that. You. You're welcome. And I told you that <laughs> Bayern were going to end up winning it in the end, and they did. It was a very close race, but I said, you know, they just they, they seem to have the, the stamina. And again, it goes back to mentality. Dortmund lacked the, the, the they blew a nine point lead at, at uh, Christmas to, to, to Bayern. And, you know, Bayern's hanging around. I'm not saying that this is a team. This this Bayern team are not going to win the Champions League. They're they're you know they're 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 far from that. I, and I believe that comes down to their manager Niko Kovac. I think that he's the weakest manager they have fielded since. Uh, and, and I hate to to bring Louis Van Gaal, but I can only go based on that because of the 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 the, 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 the where Bayern finished in the, the table oh, well, under Louis Van pretty, Gaal. Just, no one's going to be mad at you for shitting on LVG. Trust me. I just, I, you know, he. <laughs> no one's so losing much, sleep, but. He, he did so much good with Ajax and with, with, with you know. Literally it, 20 it, years ago. It's fine. I, I, I know. No one, he, no I one gives a shit anymore. I'm a soccer romantist, or, or, or whatever you call it, romantic. I, 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 I'm sorry, Kevin. I just have, I have a soft spot for 1990s Louis van Gaal. I mean, oh so, my God. So, so anyways, um, you know, Nico Kovac, you already have the Twitter, uh, Bayern Twitter heads saying Kovac out and all this stuff. And. <laughs> Uh, I, I know it's a very unfamiliar for them to be one point off the lead. And uh, God forbid, you know, you're not top of the table 34 match days out of 34. But uh, Byron within striking distance, you can never count them out. But if they do go through a managerial change, uh, especially midseason, um, I, I don't think that'll happen. But if it does, that could that could that could go one of two ways. Uh, it can go the route of. Uh, where they're where they're at right now and keep going down and, and, and being sort of, you know, win two, draw one, you know, they're going to drop some points occasionally, or you could get the, um, 
the U Pinekis hire from a couple years ago where they just basically destroyed the second half of the season after they sacked um uh shoot, what's my guy down in Napoli? Um uh, shoot, I can't. Th- I, I'm bad with names tonight, Kevin. I'm really you bad. About Ancelotti? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Ancelotti. Carlo okay. Ancelotti. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you're good. So, so um, Bayern, they're kind of. I, I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for them to make their move. They have not made it yet. So, so to be continued. And then the last two teams, this is so interesting because they're top of the table, and I'm telling you, neither one of them has a shot to win. Um, Wolfsburg is a really nice story. They have, you know, this guy, uh, Val Veghorst, uh, he, is, he is just a beast for them. Al- Alessandro Plea, he's been excellent. He signed him uh, uh, summer before last. Obviously, you have uh, still some of the old names there, like Maximilian Arnold. Uh, you've got Matthias Ginter, uh, former German national team center back. Um, they have some good parts. Uh, excuse me, I'm talking. To, I'm, I'm. I switched to Gladbach mid midway through. Holy shit! Um, getting turned to plays for Gladbach. I'm sorry, but Wolfsburg has a lot of good a, a lot of good components. But they're just um, they're going to draw too many, and eventually they're going to lose. They're not going to win enough to sustain the points through the through the rest of the season. Now moving on to Gladbach, you have uh, Lars Stindl. You have uh, some of the old faces there. Raphael. They lost Torgan Hazard last season uh, to. Um, Dortmund, but they have Alessandro Plea, who's been fantastic for them. Um, you know, the thing with Gladbach is that they, again, are going to eventually teeter off. They're, they're not going to be able to maintain this, this pace for over 34 match days. They have a talented side. They're playing in the Europa League. They got embarrassed back in the, uh, their opening match the Europa League by an Austrian side called Wolfsberger something-something. You can find them on FIFA. They're like one of the two-star rated teams. They're very, 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 very poor. Um, they absolutely destroyed Gladbach. Your German current number one team in Germany right now got destroyed by an Austrian Bundesliga team on opening day in the Europa League. So let that sink in for a second, okay? Um, so they're frauds. Moshe got a block, block, block is a fraud. Yeah, they're, 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 they, they are frauds in the terms of winning the league they could finish top four um i title really, contenders frauds title contenders frauds wolfsburg really great story uh like i said the guy about big horse um he's been a fantastic uh player now for for the for better part of two years for them and they they you know obviously they've done a really great job from rebuilding from those two 16th place finishes um, back in 2016-17, they went from a, a team that had Kevin De Bruyne that was on the verge of knocking Real Madrid out of the Champions League to fighting relegation in back-to-back seasons. And Wolfsburg, of course, has the Volkswagen money backing them. So there's no reason why they shouldn't be in the top four or five every single year. But this team is just a little... You know, you know how you see a team come back from, the, from the, uh, the, 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 basically the ashes... And they're at the top, but you know that they don't, they don't, they're a little bit ahead of schedule, right? Mm-hmm. That's where Wolfsburg are. They're, they're, in, they're, they're in first place based on points. But you know at some point it's going to start to unravel. And they're going to start losing. And they're, they're going to draw matches they should win. And they're going to lose matches that they should draw. And so I, I would expect them to finish in the top six again and get in those Europa League places. 
But for the title, uh, it's it's not going to be enough. So right now we're looking at, I told you, Schalke, Bayer Leverkusen, Bayern, and Dortmund. And, you know, that that really that's that's the that's the core of, and and Leipzig. That's four of the five teams right there that finished in the top four last season. So in the end, coming through all this with nine teams separated by just two points, at the end it's going to be the old top four from last season, give or take one team that is going to yet again have a say in the title. Some of these Cinderella stories will will fall off. They're really great stories right now. It's, it's, it's a great league to watch because it's so close for the first time in years. Bayern are not running away with it. But um, I think come April and May, when the Bundesliga <laughs> gets down to the nitty-gritty of things, we're going to see a lot of familiar faces that you've seen in the past. And you're, you're not going to be surprised by who the champions are, I don't think. I, I, think if any, I think the only surprise is anyone but Bayern might shock you. But... It's going to be one of Germany's big clubs. It's not going to be one of these Cinderella stories that gets the job done. It could be fun. Would be really fun if it was, right? Am I so? So you're telling me Bayern may be dethroned this year? It isn't a lock. Bayern is by no means a lock. They they could. That's be all I need to know. The degenerate year. gambler. I just. That's all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, if you there's turmoil right there because you have Uli Hernes. And you have Karl-Heinz Rummenigge. So those are your two top guys who make all the decisions. They are in disagreement on a lot of the ways that Bayern should move forward. And that's a big thing when the president and, you know, your, your head of football operations, so to speak, uh, don't necessarily see eye to eye or are not on the same page. Um, Uli Hernes has a disconnect with a lot of fans. Uh, a lot of people think that he is stuck two decades in the past in the way his way of thinking and his mentality. So there again, you have a little bit of rumblings between the fan base and the Byron. You know, a lot of Byron fans don't feel like Byron is for Byron anymore. They think Byron is, is, is really just a kind of an undercover PSG of Germany. You know, it's about big oil money and big sponsorships and, you know, Bayern Munich has always been kind of Munich's club. And they, they almost, I think a lot of the people, if you, if you listen to some of the, um, into this, it's November time, so some of these clubs are going to have their end-of-the-year uh, 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 meetings now where, the, where the, the, the fans get to you know come up and uh, they'll talk to the club president and all this stuff. And last year's in 2018 was uh, – it, it, got, it got very heated. Let me, let me put it like that. A lot of, a lot of fans um, asked a lot, of, a lot of tough questions, and uh, Hunis was either chose not to answer them or chose to answer kind of um, – in a way, kind of fuck you, you know. Mm. So was wasn't exactly uh, fan friendly. So <laughs> no, exactly. And, and so, and the other thing is with the manager, uh, Bayern have so much success, Kevin. In the past, let's say since winning the the treble in 2013, they 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 the last seven years have been this magic carpet ride and. I, you know, even the smallest slip up, you, you're the, the, these, these, this fan base is very spoiled. So, you know, it, it's, it's a very, Nico Kovac is coming in as the former manager of Eintracht Frankfurt, and he's following in the footsteps of Jupp Heynckes and Carlo Ancelotti. And, and Pep Guardiola. <laughs> and Pep Guardiola. You know, all three of those managers were 
massively established when they took the Bayern job. Niko Kovac, his best achievement was winning the German Cup with Frankfurt. That, that, that's it. He, his, his best finish with Frankfurt was, I think, seventh place. So he never even cracked the top six. And he won the DFB Pokal back in. Actually, uh, he had already accepted the Bayern job, I believe, when he, when he won that. So he's, they kind of look at him as a small or mid-club manager who, like we talked about with Solskjaer earlier, you know, way over his head. Uh, the club is bigger than the manager, and he can't handle it. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how their sort of interpolitical situation works out, because that could have an impact on on the players. And as I said, don't forget, they just lost their best central uh, defensive player in Niklas Sulevich for the rest of the season. Um, that that's something to keep an eye on. Lewandowski Lewandowski is going to continue to score goals. Continue is has been. Uh, pretty good for them so far this season. Um, you know, he just came in, he came in the squad uh, towards the end of the transfer window, so he's only been there just a little over a month. But Coutinho's Coutinho. You know him from the Premier League. You know what he can do. He's a little magician. Um, <coughs> so Bayern, I would say Bayern are not a lock by any means. But if I had to say, I mean, I, I, I can't, it's like in, with Juventus, how can you bet against them until someone dethrones them? You know, you know, someone proves them. Like, it's I, like it's like Tom Brady. How can you bet against them till you prove them wrong? You know, like exactly. Everyone's like, they're like, exactly. oh, like you know, uh, Father Time comes creeping. Well, doesn't seem like it. So no, until and, and, and proven yeah, otherwise, it's it seems like when Bayern need to show up. And I, I, I know you remember the game just a couple weeks ago against Spurs, where they won seven to two. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and as an Arsenal fan, I was getting major PST. <laughs> So PTSD. So yeah, it was. I felt like I was like, oh, I've seen this before, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, Arsenal's had. Yeah, you, you guys have been just wrong in the draw. Just, Ugh. just yeah, y'all's draw against Bayern in the Champions League. It's just been. It, it's like it was cruel and unusual punishment for a couple of years there. It was uh, them or Barcelona. It was always one or the other. It was like ah, nice one. Yeah, uh, you know, Mesut Özil has PTSD from from <laughs> from those shellackings. But uh, yeah, I. I, I can't I can't tell you to go to Vegas tomorrow and put your, you know, 10, 10 G's on Bayern not winning. Go go put your 10 G's on Dortmund. Go put your 10 G's on Leverkusen. Um, I would like to preface that I think Leverkusen and Schalke are outside favorites. Leipzig, to me, is the best team to take down Bayern this year. I think if I had to choose a second place team, <coughs> and, and that's kind of boring, I know, because the table's so exciting right now. And I'm telling you, basically, come May, you're going to get pretty much the same top four in May that you got last May, uh, just probably maybe closer in points and maybe a little bit more interesting towards the end. The only real big changes that I could see is that maybe the guy at the top is RB Leipzig this time instead of Bayern Munich. That, 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 that could be the one major. And, and let me tell you, that club has the money and the aspirations to be German champions. That, that is a, that is a, a goal Unlike Dortmund, who has the philosophy, if it happens, it happens, yippee, uh, which is just such a shit mentality to have. Uh, Leipzig, want, they want blood. And mm-hmm. uh, sooner or later, they're going to get their German championship, and it could come as early as this season. Uh, that would be so fun. I would, I'm just so tired of like Juventus, Bayern, Barcelona, PSG. Just someone just make it, just change it up a little bit. You yeah, know? they like, have a great, they, you know, besides, uh, you know, 
besides just Timo Werner, they have uh, you know Yusuf uh, Paulsen, who you saw he he scored at the World Cup last summer, and he's for De- international uh, player for Denmark. Um, they've got Mar- uh, Sabitza. You know, he's uh, he 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 came up, I believe, also from RB Salzburg. He he's one of those, you know, obviously the 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 art the Red Bull school of, of football, which is I guess New York Red Bulls, RB Salzburg, and now RB Leipzig. So Sabitzer came up there. He's fantastic. Obviously, they still have uh, um, uh, Forsberg. You know, they, there's there's a lot of there's uh, Diego Deme. There, you know, there, there's a lot of great players. Uh, one of the best defenders in the Bundesliga, Open Meccano, he he plays for them as well. Great, great uh, player in their in their back four. They they have a lot of the right pieces. Um, they've been this team has pretty much been playing together. Uh, you know, for the last two three seasons, solid. They 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 haven't had a lot of huge uh, departures. And the number one thing they have going for them is they might have the most talented young coach in all of Europe, which is Julian Nagelsmann, who obviously, you know, got Hoffenheim to the Champions League just a season ago. So a lot of stuff, Kevin, despite the fact that they are the most hated club in Germany, a lot of things are going right for RB Leipzig. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they win the Bundesliga. All right. Well, Critty, thank you so much. As an idiot with the German soccer league, I feel <laughs> much more confident now, and I hope our listeners got a treat. We've been asked about more Bundesliga content, and you're obviously the number one person to bring on here. Make sure to follow well, Critty. Thank you. At, thank you. No, of course. It goes without saying. Follow Critty at Critty Smith on Twitter. He is the founder of the Semper Inter Legends. He's taking a little hiatus. He's going to be hopping back up. We got like what, like eighteen articles, something. Like, there's plenty of reading to be done. Yeah, right? there's eighteen. There's eighteen Inter Milan legends on semperinter.com right now and i we have a list of 10 when i resume the writing that we're going to pick back up on uh some of those include Maicon, some of the uh cordoba uh materazzi so you know some of some of the players uh that helped uh enter win that Josie Mourinho treble back in 2010 we're going to feature a lot more of those guys this time around oh Hell yeah. And he's also part of the Semper Inter podcast. So if you're an Inter Milan fan, what are you doing? Subscribe. Go check it out. So, Critty, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, hey, hope you get uh, we get to hang. You were just in Boston. So hopefully we get to hang yeah. out sometime, man. It'd be kind of sick. We, we definitely will. We definitely will. It's going to happen one of these days. We'll have to get Martin involved. You know, whatever. Uh, well, we-, we get a little dangerous if that happens. But it could be fun. <laughs> it could be fun, yeah. Hey, yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always an awesome time. Kick-ass show. Love you guys. Always. And, and yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting interesting uh, rush to Christmas with these leagues. Yeah, it's going to be pretty fucking awesome. But, Critty, thank you. You're the man. And hopefully have you on again soon. All right. Check Will you do. later. Sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to myself. Fire.